Today is a great day to be a Tiger. JSU by 40 campaign. Coach Taylor, I was just thinking, I was sitting in my office and we were talking about Jackson State Athletics, the tradition of Jackson State. You played here. What if 50,000 alums gave $40 a month for 12 months? Man, that would be huge. That's money in the bank for hey, athletic well, programs. Let's do this, Coach. I'm challenging all 50,000 alumni of Jackson State University, supporters, fans. Let's give $40 a month to JSU by 40 campaign. 12 months, 12 million. September to August, let's win championships in the classroom. Let's support Jackson State University. Let's support athletics. And let's make sure our coaches and our student athletes are successful. So again, Coach Taylor and I are challenging you, all 50,000 alums, $40 a month for 12 months to support Jackson State athletics. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Support the JSU by 40 campaign. Visit GoJSUTigers.com forward slash JSU by 40. Tiger fans, welcome to another episode of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. I am the Corey C. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you do not miss out on an upcoming episode. You can find us on YouTube, the Apple Podcast app, the Google Podcast app, Spotify, you name it, wherever you get your podcast. So be sure to follow the show and tell every Tiger that you know. And remember, when you support Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club, it all helps the cause, which is the I love. Jackson State University. All right, the last of the major sports pro leagues kicks off this week, and Bet Online is your top spot for all your NBA action this season with MLB postseason, NFL, and college football, and NHL in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for wagering, news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport anytime. So head on over to Bet Online today to get in on the action. And don't forget to use the promo code Believe, that's B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And joining me to talk about the upcoming matchup with the UAPB Golden Lions, he is a sports reporter for the Pine Bluff Commercial, none other than Tanner Spearman. Welcome to Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Hey, thanks for having me. All right. Uh, our pleasure. Our pleasure. Thank you for joining us. So how's everything going with you? Everything going okay? Doing good. Just trying to make it through another season. No, no doubt. No doubt. The season comes and goes before you know it. I know we wait all off season for football and when it finally gets here, it, 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 it's almost over just like that. But we're still in the thick of things and have a big matchup, of course, this weekend, cross-conference matchup with Jackson State and UAPB. So let's talk about this team. One and six on the season, unfortunately, winless in the conference at 0-4. And, and the last three games, it looks like the, they haven't – those three games have gotten away from the team a little bit. So it's been a bit of a tough go for the Golden Lions this season, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's the first year with a new coach, a first year of a rebuilding process. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of growing pains, and they've certainly suffered through a lot of those. They've been in a lot of the games, and sometimes, you know, one or two things goes wrong, and it just gets away from you. Mm -hmm. 
Yep. You talked about obviously being under a first year coach, Coach Alonzo Hampton. He's an Arkansas native and he actually spent five seasons on the UAPB staff. This was back from 06 to 2010. Of course, he took over for Doc Gamble. So talk about the program's transition and perhaps the culture that he's looking to instill. Well, you know, he one thing, one of the first things I heard from him was how he wants to do things uh, the right way. He, he wants kids who are going to be in class, be getting good grades and be a good example to the community. So it, it, it's sure he wants to win. And that's what everyone's judged by in this in this business. But he, he wants to make sure that he's got the right kind of character kids in the program, as well as having good football players. Mm-hmm. And so if you look at this UAPB offense, it's really struggled this season averaging just under 13 points a game which is good for 12th in the conference so let's start with that quarterback situation seems to be a little bit of a carousel back there so talk about that unit and is there anyone who's considered to be the clear-cut guy yeah i mean it's been uh, a whole a whole thing i coming into the season it was kind of a battle between Jalen macon and makai hagans um the, the word on him was that hagans was the better runner and macon was more of the pocket passer but then you know macon was certainly his passing was much better than Hagen's and then he showed he can run the ball as well. So they turned to him. Uh, we thought he was the guy. And then the Southern game was a shutout out. Uh, and then they scored three points in the first half against Mississippi Valley state with him. Mm. And so they made a change to chancellor Edwards who uh, hadn't played all year, but first touchdown, first pass of the season against Valley was a touchdown. And then mm. his second pass of the season was a pick six. So, wow. you know, he got the game last week against Alcorn and, uh, they're, they're just still trying to figure out, you know, who's going to give them the best chance to win. And right now, it's, they just really haven't been able to find a clear-cut answer to that question just yet. Wow. Yeah, the offense is only averaging 176 per game through the air. And on the ground, a bit of a struggle as well, averaging 132. And that's ninth in the conference. But that's despite several guys having a healthy yards per carry average. So talk about that backfield and who are the guys to look out for. Yeah, so I mean, early on, first couple games, uh, Jonas Davis did a really good job. He was one of the best rushers in the SWAC a couple games in the season, and then he got kind of banged up, and uh, uh, he, he missed the Alabama A&M game. I think played two snaps against Southern. They thought he could go, and then uh, he wasn't able to. And he just really hasn't been the same since. He's starting to come back and play more each week, but they're still just trying to find you know that consistency to get back to where they were first couple games with with him. You know, Michael Jamerson got banged up against Southern. He came back, played a few snaps last week. B.J. Curry, a freshman, had a you know he had a great game against Miles College when Davis was uh, banged up, but he hasn't. We haven't seen that from him since. So, again, it's just finding that consistency and being able to do what they did to start the season every week and to do it for four quarters, and that's the the problem that they've been trying to solve right now. And when you see a team struggling passing the football and running the football, it's kind of easy to look at the offensive line. That unit is giving up 26 sacks on the season. So has that been a big cause for concern for the team? Yeah, I think so, especially because coming in, you know, I thought that was going to be one of the strengths of the team because they had three or four returning starters at the offensive line. So I thought this should be where they live or die. And, you know, it just hasn't really played out that way. So, you know, the thing about a quarterback and a running back, you know, if the offensive line, is it protecting the quarterback? Is it making holes for the running back? It doesn't matter how good you are. It's going to be tough to, to play pretty pretty well when you don't get that good line play that you're hoping to get. Right. And when you see a team struggling offensively, uh, you want to make sure that obviously there's some guys out there who can step up and be that leader. In your opinion, has anyone seemed to step up as the leader of the team on offense, whether it be vocally or even by their play? I mean, it, it, it's hard to do that, especially when, again, you've got a rotation 
a carousel of quarterbacks, you know, usually you look mm-hmm. to the quarterback to be that leader. But when it's three different guys that have been in, it's hard right. to pinpoint one guy who's going to step up and lead the team. So that that that's and that's another challenge that they have is who's going to take ownership of the team, who's going to be that vocal leader. And you know, I'm not in the locker room, so I don't know what it's like there. But on the field, again, if you if you can't have consistently one guy leading the way, it's it's hard to to find leadership. Right. Yeah. I know it's always a challenge when you bring in a new coach for any program. I mean, we're in a similar situation, obviously a lot of attrition, a lot of players left and coach TC had to first overhaul the roster. Uh, so with coach Hampton is the, the roster mostly consisting of players from last season or when he got here in December of, of 22, did he have to revamp that roster as well and hit that portal and, and even going to the high schools? Yeah. You know, there, there were some guys that left. Um, obviously, Kayvon Britton was a big loss uh, off last year's team. We transferred out to Tarleton State. So uh, Michael Jamerson is a transfer in from Campbell. He's one that they talked a lot about in the, the preseason. And, you know, he, we've seen him a little bit at running back, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, that's they didn't really have much of a recruiting class as far as high schools go, which, again, you're bringing a new coach with the, especially with early recruiting periods. Now, it's really hard to get much uh, of a high school class mm-hmm. together. We can make a coaching change like that. So. You know, and, and especially when it's an outside coach coming in, you know, Jack the State being able mm-hmm. to just elevate mm-hmm. DC Taylor, I'm sure that was a big help for them. When you're bringing in right. someone from the outside, like UAPB did, it's a lot harder to keep a, a high school class together. So they only signed, I think, like five kids out of high schools wow. this past season. But you would hope that next, the, this coming season, that they'll have a much bigger class and be able to start to finally get more of, you know, Hampton's guys in here. Um, but one guy I will say, B.J. Curry, the freshman running back, is a Hampton guy that he brought in when you know last year Hampton was uh, associate head coach over at UL Monroe, and he was recruiting Curry right. then. So when he came over to UAPB, he brought Curry with him. So that that's one guy in particular that uh, is definitely a Hampton guy. But I, I know I'm sure he's hoping to get more Hampton guys in uh, this coming mm-hmm. uh, recruiting class. Absolutely. And when we look over to the defensive side of the ball, UAPB is ranked 12th in the conference, giving up 460 yards and 31 points per game. So what are you seeing on the team from a defensive standpoint? Well, you know, and Coach Hampton talks about this all the time. There are stretches of play where they'll do good things. You know, you know, coming into last week's game against Alcorn, Hampton talked about how Alcorn up to that point, he said, was the best offense that they had played. You know, and that includes playing Tulsa, an FBS team. And so he spoke very highly of Alcorn. And then at halftime, if not for a fumble by the offense in their own territory, it would have been 14 to seven. They would have held a really good offense to two touchdowns for a half of football. So they've had stretches where they've played well. Alabama A&M, they only had 10 points at halftime against UAPB because the defense played well. But then in the second half, you know, things got, got out of hand. So it's they have stretches where they play well. And then they'll have a play where one guy's out of position or one guy doesn't you know, play his gap correctly. And then a big play happens and then it all, you know, it all blows up. So it's, it's, they've had some good moments, but it's being able to play that way for four full quarters. That's kind of been the the Mm -hmm. problem that they've had is that consistency that they're looking for. And the struggles on defense, you could attribute that to the loss of a couple of players, at least two that I'm aware of on defense uh, at the beginning of the season, either, either prior or early on in the season, defensive lineman, Anas Lukman and Rocky Jack as well. So how big of a blow was that to the team? Well, I'll tell you what, Anas Lukman in particular, that's the guy that for defense that Hampton brought to media day in Birmingham back in July. So you knew right away mm-hmm. this is a guy that he has a lot of faith in. And he's Hampton has said a couple of times he believes Lukman is their best defensive player. And he hasn't played since week mm-hmm. two. And you know, he had four and a half sacks through their first two games against Tulsa and Tennessee State. So that's that's a huge loss and, and probably a leadership loss as well. I'm sure he might still be in the locker room leading, but 
it's hard to lead from the sideline when you're out, when you've got players out on the field. So you know, that's that in particular is one that definitely hurts uh, to not have him out there. Mm-hmm. One bright spot on defense has been a player of the preseason, second team, all swag linebacker, Rico Dozier. He's the team's leading tackler with 83 stops and he's been as good as advertised, but there's also guys like Ron Woods and Khalil Arnold. They've stood out as well as some other guys. Talk about those guys and some other key players who you if he counts on defensively. Yeah, well, Rico, I mean, you said he's the team's leading tackler. He's the second leading tackler in the entire conference. And I think for a while he was the leader of the entire conference. Mm-hmm. So he's a guy that we knew coming in, he was going to be a, a big part of that defense. And it's definitely been that way up to this point. Uh, you know, you mentioned, I think you mentioned Khalil Arnold, who had uh, some good games earlier, especially against Miles College when uh, Luke Mon was out. So, you know, Mark Fleming's been uh, another guy on the defensive line that due to the injuries has had to step up and he's done some good things. So, you know, they, they've had several guys that have been able to step up individually. It's putting it all together that's been the problem. Mm-hmm. And speaking of putting it all together, you know, we, we talked about the team's struggles, but what they do well in their lone win of the season, or better yet, when they've had success within any particular game. Like last week, you talked about being down only 14 to 7 in, in the first half of that game with two minutes to go. And I think you said Alabama AM, a, a 10 to nothing game or 10 to 7 game, something like that. So during those stretches where they've played well, of course, they haven't been able to sustain that. But what are they doing during those stretches? Well, you think about uh, Miles College in particular, right? At the end of the Tennessee State game, which was the week prior, you know, they came into the fourth quarter down 14 nothing. They scored all of a sudden out of nowhere. They scored two touchdowns on back-to-back drives. I think there was a 99-yard drive in there or something like that. And they were in the red zone again with a chance to tire, take the lead. Uh, and they just couldn't finish that, that comeback. Well, they took that momentum into Miles College, scored two touchdowns in their first two drives. So they have those stretches where the plays are working. The running backs are breaking loose. Uh, a receiver's getting open. They just can't do it the whole game. So, you know, they, they, they'll have drives where – and stretches where they might score two touchdowns in two drives or two touchdowns in three drives. And then they go three and out, three and out, three and out, whether it's because, you know, a, the pass was just off target off the the receiver's hands or, you know, running back got tripped up right before he got to the line to gain just something, little things go wrong and it, and it kind of derails the whole momentum and defensively, you know, against Alabama A&M UAPB led at halftime, I think it was 14 to 10 or something. And then they were doing so well on defense, so well on defense. And then, Right before the end of the third quarter, Alabama AM finally is kind of, you know, the dam bursts and Alabama AM gets a touchdown. Next next drive, they get a touchdown. Next drive, they get a touchdown. So they'll they'll do things. They'll get sacks, or at least early in the season they did when they had Luke Mon or some other guys stepping up. And they kind of really haven't had a whole lot of that. They had a lot of turnovers. Uh, Miles College in particular had a couple of big turnovers that really helped them there. Um, but they've kind of lost some of those things in the recent weeks. So that's something that they need to get back to. Yeah, yeah. And what can we expect from a fan support aspect this upcoming Saturday? I know a lot of times when there's a transition and you know fans can be impatient. We know all too well at Jackson State, but obviously UAPB coming off a, a homecoming. And then, of course, Jackson State travels, typically a big game for most WAC teams when Jackson State comes to town. But can we expect that fan base to really be in the house? Well, they, they certainly were last week for homecoming. It was over 13,000 fans in the stand, one of the biggest crowds they've had in a long time. Uh, the question is, when it's not homecoming, are they going to come back? And that's what uh, Coach Hampton talked about after the game. He said, you know, that was a great crowd. We want to have that crowd every week. And so I think he's putting some of that on himself to give them a product on the field that makes them mm-hmm. want to come back every week. So obviously, like you said, Jackson State's always a, 
a big game to to have that team on, uh, across from you. So we'll, we'll see if uh, the excitement of JSU being in town will bring the fans out. But at the same time, when you're struggling to, to win games, sometimes the, the fans aren't gonna aren't gonna bother. So we'll we'll, we'll see what, it, what uh, the crowd looks like. I know Hampton's hoping for a good one though. No doubt, no doubt. Well, we are looking forward to it. It'll be a family reunion of sorts. Uh, there's a couple former UAPB Golden Lions on the Jackson State team. There's linebacker Isaac Peppers and defensive end Ethan Smith. Both those guys have had some huge moments for us this season. There's UAPB freshman kicker Trey Glip. He was on JSU's radar in the recruiting season pretty heavily, and I think he was almost a Tiger at one point. And, uh, of course, there's uh, you know, Coach Mo Harris, who was our offense coordinator, Coach Hampton mentioned that he went after him to be his office coordinator. And then Coach Jonathan Bradley, our defensive coordinator, he's been on the UAPB staff as recently as a couple seasons ago. So, again, a family reunion should be a great game, great atmosphere. Saturday, 2 p.m., Looking, hoping the rain holds off. We'll have some great weather, but it'll also be on ESPN+. Plus. So, to all the Jack State fans, safe travels. And to the UAPB fans, we definitely want to see you in the house to, to uh, make for an awesome atmosphere. Any final words, Tanner? Yeah, you know, uh, the one thing I'll say is obviously this year hasn't gone the way that UAPB wants it to go, but you listen to Coach Hampton talks, and he is he's frustrated, but he's also very optimistic. And he says every single week, he says, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Uh, and, you know, he's going to – he wants to build a program that Pine Bluff can be proud of, to be – he, he, he's used the phrase a lighthouse for the community. Uh, and, and you and you can tell he's energetic, he's passionate, he wants to win. Uh and he, he's optimistic that maybe not this year, but they're going to get there. Uh, so we'll, we'll see if he can deliver on those promises. Absolutely. All right. Well, again, thank you for your time, Tanner Spearman. I will appreciate you and I, I, all the best to you as well. Awesome. Thank you again for having me. All right. You bet. Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club is presented by Bet Online.